2: Uh, What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Wild Card Round edition of the Pro Football Focus Fantasy Show here on Roto-Grinders. I have future Hall of Fame quarterback Ian Mm Harditz flipping that ball, ready to go for the Wild Card Weekend. I am Britt Devine. Uh, Welcome, everybody. Uh, This is going to be our last show of the year, I believe. It's been a fun season. Uh, Ian, thanks for running it back this year. But that doesn't mean we're not prepared for the Wild Card Weekend. What's going on, my man?
3: Great day to be Great Brit. Let's end the season in style. Couldn't quite drag my props up to 500 like we we're hoping for, but got one more week to try. I got, I got you, buddy. I got you. Yeah, you got, you got, <laughs> you got more than enough. My goodness. And hey, at least we got the, uh, at least we got the Derrick Henry over receiving yards. He got that like 19-yard catch early, and it was just like job done. That was
2: it. Uh, all right, so we're gonna do a little bit different. Normally, Ian has. Uh, a big article it's called the mismatch manifesto but he changed it up for the wild card playoffs so his wild article card. his article this week is the most complete teams heading into the postseason sort of breaks down each team's strengths weaknesses uh and and what we what we can expect from some of these matchups this week so ian uh, i'm going to give you the floor here what do you want to talk about here to start the show it's a little bit different than normal
3: yeah we can just kind of go through the matchups more through more so through this lens and i just think it does a better job if we want to look up Potentially at yeah, more so spreads and stuff like that too, showing just like who is most complete. So basically, the one obvious limitation with this is we're giving the same amount of overall weight to like a team's run defense as we are the passing offense. So when you see a team like Cincinnati ranking, you know ninth in the league, they were also an outlier last season in this, where they were ranking much lower overall. But what do they do really well? Throw the football, and in 2023, that can cover up a lot of your other other limitations. But specifically now looking at the wildcard week. I mean, again, first game Seahawks and the 49ers just you don't even see the 49ers have a weakness at all, man. Like they're rushing offense a little bit, but even with that, I think it's more so just due to Elijah Mitchell and Trent Williams having to miss a little bit of time here or there. So going against Seattle, man. Yes. Kenneth Walker has been doing his thing. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are a great tandem and everything, but that Seahawks defense, man. As much as we might like really the rookie corner and stuff, don't think they can stand up to the 49ers here. So wondering uh, Britt, if we are going to be attacking this 49ers offense because I know I like Purdy in tournaments. Do we think they get Debo going right away here now that he has had a little more time to get healthy? Or are you more willing to chase the George Kittle, you know, eruptions that have just continued to happen here over the last four weeks? Tight end versus Seattle. That's all you need to know. That's been
2: that's <laughs> been my prop for the entire season. I'm not on it this week because I do think with the addition of Debo back, yeah, that Maybe he gets a little bit more in there. I did points bet for some reason, the rushing line on Devo Samuel. I put this up on Scores and Odds. For like a couple hours, was at five and a half yards where every other book was at 13 and a half. <laughs> so I got buku bucks on that. It was. I even hedged it a little bit on the under uh, 15 and a half I've got two, So I'm, I'm hoping that one comes through. That one won't be talked about on the show as an actual prop because I don't know what uh, points bet and resorts world were are doing hanging that line. But uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little... I, I like the Purdy touchdowns. He's been insanely efficient oh, yeah. from the touchdown perspective, and I think there's no reason to think he can't do that against Seattle. Uh, I think it's a big Christian McCaffrey week. I think he's clearly going to be used basically every play until this game's out of hand, which is really how he's been used since they've gotten him. Uh, so I, I like him, but I, I don't know I, I think I think Kittle Kittle can get there a little too high priced in DFS and uh, not not a strong take on his prop this week.
3: He has, like when he's been scoring all these touchdowns, I don't think he's had more than eight targets in any of those games. I mean, that was what surprised me. He played 15 games this year, and we got the 11 touchdowns, which was good to see after so many you know years where we were just screaming for regression the following season, but just only like 5.8 targets per game throughout the season. Would have thought that would have been more. Uh, Last game on Saturday, we got Chargers at the Jaguars, and when you look at what the Chargers have done best, it's throw the football, and now, unfortunately, as everyone's been bemoaning on Twitter, we are not going to have Mike Williams out there due to a fractured back that came from playing him in a meaningless week 18 contest so I remember I was talking about this last week Britt. basically like talking about the Chargers saying yeah they have nothing to play for but seems like they're just going to kind of go out there anyway and do it it was stupid man but they were just yeah it happened so I I would play right I would play I I get it for
2: a drive right my my thoughts if I was an NFL coach in a meaningless game I would tell my team we're going to play you starters. If if we're going to play, we're going to do two drives. And if we score on the first drive, we're done yeah. just to keep the rhythm, everything intact. I get that, but playing a half or three quarters or the whole game. And then after two of your elite players get out, you're still playing all the starters makes absolutely no sense. I don't understand. Like I, it's not a fireable offense because I think he's a good coach, but that's
3: a, that's a fireable offense almost. It's just especially rough, though, because you look at this Jaguars defense, and they have been pretty good at winning at the line of scrimmage. We saw them basically win them the division against the Titans there in Week 18 when Trevor Lawrence and company couldn't actually move the ball. Their one kind of weakness has been their ability to cover, but if the Chargers are walking into this, you know, needing Michael Bandy and Josh Palmer and DeAndre Carter, the Lester guys, to step up, it might just be really swinging the Jaguars' way. So maybe I'm giving a little too much creed to the home teams, Britt, but I will say Jaguars and Bucket years as home dogs i think at a minimum both are very live because if you're just talking about you know styles make fights here i think both teams have set up pretty well to take down the other now at the same time i don't think we have too much to take away from the dolphins and bills as we know the things the dolphins do really well were mostly tied to Tua, uh, not so much skyler thompson so really i don't think he scored more than 21 points in any of his four extended appearances and the bills i mean i've just been such a juggernaut not only on offense but defense second ranked scoring group on both sides of the ball in particular dominant and this cool little havoc uh, stat that as you can see really is uh, you know shifting heavily blue towards the best teams in the league because on defense man this day and age you know it is more of a bend don't break like good offenses are always going to move the ball but the more you can create those negative plays we've just seen the best teams in the league continually do that more than ever the next one's a little more interesting Britt 430 on Sunday Giants at the Vikings here how live do you think the Giants are they seem to be like everyone's favorite underdog and all this but I don't want to hate on Daniel Jones. Like we're going to talk about the guys he's throwing to. I mean, no one even liked his wide receivers before the season started. Now all those guys got hurt or they're Kenny Galladay, not doing anything out there. So like, I didn't really expect him to do more with this you know, again, such a lesser group to begin with that's now injured. And I just don't even know if the defense could be able to hold up against Justin Jefferson and uh company thoughts on giants Vikings.
2: Well, first, what's the most more egregious tweet, the RG three tweet where you run with oh, all the, ball in the playoffs or the, uh, I don't know if it was him also that the Vikings are a real team. Cause they win all the one score games.
3: What's, what's more egregious. <laughs> I appreciate RG 3s <laughs> energy, but yeah, not a not not some great looks right there. That's, oh, we'll see. I, I guess
2: I'm definitely on the Giants. All three props I'm going to talk about and this are coming from this game here. So I like offensive fireworks. I don't know if either defenses will be able to stop offense, but if the Giants, and they're way down here in the bottom here. But it's not like Minnesota's one of the best teams. We know they're sort of fraudulent. Minnesota only won by three. The Giants had one of their best offensive games. Uh, I don't know. I think they're reasonably live. I'm with you on the Jaguars. We are, uh, we're going to butt heads a little bit when we talk (laughs) about this Cowboys Buccaneers game, but I I don't know. I think, I think the Jaguars for sure are the most live underdog this week. And I would probably put the Giants second.
3: I will say down Jones has been playing better even with these lesser parts uh, you know especially over the past four six weeks of the season And the Vikings do come in the playoffs based on these you know several statistics I used to get these overall ranks with the single worst coverage unit still available so Patrick Peterson you know he has had a pretty good year Harrison Smith is always going to be out there doing his thing but I think the other pieces haven't quite risen to the occasion uh, Sunday night game Ravens at the Bengals does look like it's going to be Tyler Huntley under center JK Dobbins you know they rested him, so you would like to think think he's going to go out there and finally get that, you know, 20, 25 plus carry workload, because that's really been the problem. I mean, even before they chose to rest him in week 18, I mean, him and Gus Edwards, who has cleared the concussion protocol, were still being used. I mean, even if it wasn't Dobbins' favor, more 60-40 than anything, we know they're not going to really throw the ball at these guys, so it's just really tough to find a pathway to be excited about the Ravens' chance of winning because the Bengals' offense, for as much as they haven't exactly killed it against the Ravens this year, the Ravens at their core have been this pass funnel group with guys not really usually being able to throw the ball against them. So Bengals, obviously, that's what they do best. So really do think that big line is warranted. But yes, Britt, then we get to the main one we're disagreeing on, Monday night football, Cowboys and Buccaneers. Look, these numbers say the Cowboys are better pretty much everywhere. The Buccaneers have by far the worst rushing offense in the NFL. I thought this uh, stat was fun. 42 qualified running backs. 41st and 42nd in yards after contact per carry, Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. Like it is brutal out there, even past the offensive line issues. So, that said, the defense has been, you know, they've had their moments. The pass rush isn't nearly as dominant as it was in past years, but they're still fairly stout against the run. And Carlton Davis and those guys have been able to get after some good passing attacks, at least on occasion. So, it just comes down to like can Tom Brady and I think this offense that we did finally see crack 30 points and have a good performance in week 17 can that group actually appear against a cowboys defense that let's face it over the past three weeks sam howe gardner Minshew, josh Dobbs, like these guys have been moving the ball up and down the field against what we thought was a top five defense all comes down to if gives the buccaneers can hold up their end of the bargain and scoring you know 20 30 points out there because we know the cowboys even if they do not have you know the 40 50 point explosion number one ranked scoring offense since dak returned I have a hard time thinking they're going to be held under 20. That said, I don't see this version of the Cowboys defense locking down TB 12 and company. Why are you on the Cowboys? Britt? So that's one of my spread picks. I think my best spread pick of the week is actually the Cowboys. And it's just,
2: I just think the Cowboys They're I know they've been susceptible on the defense in recent games, specifically in the passing game, which certainly plays into the Buccaneers, but you just, you look at what the Buccaneers have been doing down the stretch here. They barely beat the saints, cardinals on like their four string quarterback the pan- they only lost to the panthers because they were just like hey mike evans it's cool we'll go score a bunch of touchdowns right like you just look at what they've been able to do down the stretch they got absolutely wobbled by the Bengals and the 49ers and i think the the cowboys are much more towards the tier of the they're not in the Bengals or the 49ers tier but they're clearly you know three tiers above the cardinals the saints and the Panthers so I just think this is a mismatch if that week I don't know what the look ahead line would have been on this game Uh, I always like looking at those especially in the playoffs as you as you get into it I think you get some really nice um, advantages but it, it would have been I don't know five six and because we got that horrible game it's gotten down to two and a half and to get the Cowboys under the field goal I know you're going against Tom Brady you know the best. I think probably right the best quarterback of all time. Cowboys. Cowboys have never beat Tom Brady. Uh, Didn't. Well, I don't know. I, there's there's a <laughs> whole lot of narratives you can look into things like that. I'm just I am firmly on the Cowboys. That is one of my best spread picks of the weekend. I, I don't. I have a teaser coming up too. They're not in it because I don't like crossing across the zero in the playoff game. It's sort of pointless. So you're not really getting anywhere in that one. Uh, but I like them as a as a spread, especially under a field goal. I know earlier in the week, it was like three and a half or three. It's down to two and a half. So somebody smart, someone with a lot of money is obviously betting on the Bucs, but it ain't me this week
3: fair enough so yeah we are going to be deferring on that one yeah i mean again it comes down to we're waiting for brady and those guys i mean because that was the whole thing byron Leftwich, you know coming out and making fun of fantasy football and i ran about that you know seemingly every other day over on the pff fantasy football podcast but even on you know last couple weeks playing a little bit better 25th ranked scoring offense on the season so the defense is really why the buccaneers were even able to squeak into the playoffs in the first place so i do think they match up really well against the Cowboys. I mean, that beat down in week one like has to mean something. I know it was a different stage of the season for both teams, but man, that was the worst Dak has looked all season. You could argue with the exception of week 18. But then with that being his last week and then also the last time he played this defense, not two trends I'm exactly loving uh, going into that. But to your point, it's small sample size uh, potentially. So yeah, I like the Bucks plus three. My other spread pick is going to be the Bills minus 13 and a half going in the opposite direction here. I know it is a steep line, but this Bills team, like, I don't want to call them front runners, but they do get really ahead on teams when they start beating down, you know, an inferior opponent. They have covered that 13 and a half points on five separate occasions throughout the season. And with four extended appearances, Skyler Thompson under center, Miami's only scored 17, 16, 21, most recently 11 points. So if it was just, you know, the Dolphins' offense with Tyreek and Waddle versus, you know, an average show's defense, maybe they could have a better chance of keeping up in a shootout. But again, look at this chart man the buffalo bills defense is really legit at all three levels of the defense And as much as losing guys like von miller earlier in the season definitely hurt they have gotten a couple reinforcements like Tre'Davious white throughout so as long as they can keep making issues for miami out the line of scrimmage where they haven't been great all season i can see buffalo running away with this one
2: how come miami didn't do the titans thing where they go and sign uh you know off a practice squad because you know you know skylar thompson ain't it You know Teddy Bridgewater's not going to make it. You know Tua's not going to be in there. Why not, like two week? can you even do that this late in the season? I would have, you know, you got to try to do something. You know Skylar Thompson ain't going to be at the playoffs. I,
3: I actually, uh, this was a 3D chess move. I So my first thought was Josh Johnson because that's the guy we see go to every single team, you know. Yeah. Basically over the past uh, 15 years, he's like 35 now, but he is actually on the 49ers, I believe, still on their practice mm-hmm. squad. So Kyle Shanahan is ready for uh, this situation if uh, something happens <laughs> to Purdy and Jimmy G. Uh, all right, so that's going to do it for the, uh,
2: you know, the article – Ian has if you want to read his this or uh, anything else over a pro football focus it is not too late to get a subscription over there to expand your football fantasy sports betting knowledge uh, into the playoffs here so uh, let's round out a couple of our spread picks I think you got yours I mentioned the Cowboys I'm definitely on the Jags at plus two and a half they are they're the better team to me pretty clearly Uh, I know Justin Herbert last year over Trevor Lawrence for sure but this year, I don't know. I think they're they're reasonably close. It's not like Justin Herbert's lighting the world on fire. They just lost their top receiver. Uh, Jaguars are at home. The Chargers are stumbling and fumbling into the playoffs a little bit like usual. And the Jaguars are not. The Jaguar the Jaguars wasted the whole first half of that Tennessee game, not passing the ball, stupid trick plays, running into brick walls. Now's the week they can run into brick walls because there are no brick walls. Uh, they should be able to run with ETN. They should be able to pass, I believe, will Wilkes. I think ETN – or not ETN, uh, Trevor Lawrence and all of his receivers. You know, he's got a, a healthy wide receiver guru out there. Uh, I don't know. I just think the Jags uh, are the better team here, and we're getting them as a dog at home. It makes absolutely no sense to me. So I am all over the Jags plus two and a half. Uh, all over the Cowboys minus two and a half. You know, I like the teasers. They've been uh, relatively. I, I got hooked on the Eagles. I got them down to <laughs> six and a half last week and they won by six because ah. Jalen Hurts w- wasn't running the ball at all. Uh, I'm sure that'll change uh, one season in the playoffs next week. Uh, but I got a three point 17 or a three team seven point teaser. And we're only taking this if you can get the Bengals and the 49ers. If you can get them both at nine and a half or less on your books, because so we want to cross the seven and the three on those. And the other one is the Jags. So, all of these basically you get the Jags to plus nine and a half. Uh, the Bengals and 49ers, uh, when I looked before the show, they were at a minus two and a half on DraftKings using this teaser. This three team seven point teaser gets you to plus 130 on DraftKings. So, it's a, a plus odds bet. That's what I like. I think the 49ers win pretty easily. I think the Bengals win pretty easily. Getting them under the field goal, always nice. And I, I also like the Jags money line, but getting them to plus nine and a half, any sort of shenanigans. If they pull some stupid ass trick play again, <laughs> maybe I can get bailed out uh, getting that plus uh, nine and a half or something like that. But I like that three team teaser um, as a spread bet. And I usually, I, I I can't normally find more than one or two of these. And I've got three this week. It's just I think some of these lines are a little off in the playoffs, so uh, we'll we'll have to duke it out. We won't have a show uh, for the rest of this season, Ian. But uh we'll we'll let each other know in the DMC between the
3: Buccaneers and the Cowboys. There we go, there we go. Hey, what about so Jaguars would be what plus nine and a half versus yeah. what, what about Jaguars plus nine and a half versus Bill's minus six and a half? That's the only one. I, I hear yeah. you on 49ers and Bengals. You could definitely but... take you could add that in, or add it in 14. there. All right, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Make it <get> a four team.
2: <laughs> go for it. I'm sure you'll get I think they get you up to plus two hundred
1: on draft four teamer. Let's go.
2: Uh all right. Let's get to some props. I'm going to start on these. I'm on a ultra hot streak. I don't know if I've lost a prop bet in like a month on this show, uh, 29 and 10 to start to end the season. Uh, looking to add to that. I've got three for you real quick. The first one has been bet up, uh, opened at 43. It is now 47 and a half yards. Uh, we're all playing Richie James and DFS. So we're all going to bet on the over on 47 and a half. I got that on, uh, I don't know, it was MGM or DraftKings before the show. Uh, And this is just pretty simple. He's cleared in three of his last four games. His lone miss was 42 yards. So I'm not really holding that against him uh, when he's basically right there. And it's basically, it's the Vikings. And this comes down to rational coaching. Uh, I've talked uh, about this on my prop shop show I did with Chief on Tuesday. But Brian Dable seems like a rational coach and you want to pass against the Vikings. They've given up the second most passing yards on the season. You don't really want to run too much against them. Uh, I'm expecting Daniel Jones. He's now. Do I expect him to have over 300? You know, I think what do you have? 340 something like that in their first wow. meeting. Not expecting that, but I also don't don't expect him to go under his 235 prop. That's not the official one for Daniel Jones. I'm going to talk about, but uh, Richie James just looks way too good at 47 and a half. If you're on the prop sites like Prize Picks or any of those things, his reception prop is at four, and you can also get his reception prop on sportsbooks at four and a half at plus Ooh. money. So go, yeah, Ian, break out the phone, go get some bets in. Uh, I can do I, this I, now. It's legal <laughs> in Ohio. Yeah, this is what I do during the show. If there's something I like, go get them. Uh, but my, uh, the one I'm going to do on the show is over 47 and a half yards, but I also like the over four and a half receptions. at plus money makes absolutely no sense. Uh, prop number two, uh, Justin Jefferson, 91 and a half yards. I was very surprised to see this not come out at over 100 uh, I think it's just a discount from we He had the Packers game right where he got basically shut out and then last week was half a game and I think that lowered his line maybe a couple of yards but at 91 and a half absolutely ridiculous uh, he, he has cleared 91 and a half if you take out those last two games in 11 of 15 games uh, last game against the Giants 16 targets 12 catches 133 yards Uh, I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of offense in this game. Justin Jefferson too low over 91 and a half. That's on MGM. The other one I'm on is TJ Hawkinson at four and a half. I thought for sure I'd be looking at five and a half when I open up the sports books and to get him at four and a half seems pretty ludicrous. Uh, If you don't count last week, uh, he's over this in seven of his nine games as a Viking. Uh, He had 16 targets against the Giants last time out. Uh, You don't pass. You don't run on the Giants. Um, Oh, no. You don't run if you're the Vikings. They're allowing, they've had the six fewest yards per game on the ground, but they pass the third most passing attempts per game in the league. And all those are going, it's a TJ Hawkinson, Justin Jefferson offense right now. They know they can't run. This is the playoffs. Now, I guess I need to ask you this. Does this count as a primetime game? (laughs)
3: like, it's not at night.
2: But it's the uh, playoffs, and you're the no. only game on. No,
3: so he, game. he completed the biggest comeback in NFL history in um a standalone game at one PM. So no, Kirk's Kirk's good. This is fun. So this is not a primetime game, even though it's a playoffs. Or that's that's gonna you're be good. a time. Oh game. hey, and by the way, you didn't even mention your Jaguars bet. This was a crazy stat. I forget who tweeted it out, but Trevor Lawrence has never in high school, college, or the NFL lost on Saturday night. Oh yeah, this is when he likes to play. So that's a, never in high school. He probably never lost in high school.
2: How many times <laughs> did he play? Well, how many times did he play on Saturday night? In high school It's probably yeah. like
3: freaking ten total games. But whatever. yeah,
2: but uh, yeah, those are the three props I'm on. I love those, and you can add in those Richie James all uh, reception props. I like those are plus money. So let's go three and zero close out the season. That would put me at thirty two and ten if all those hit. Uh, Twenty nine and ten on the season. So uh, like all of those props. You've got a couple. I'm eyeing your second one you got here. Let's talk Travis Etienne here first, because I like him completely in this game. Rushing yards. You're mentioning it from the receiving angle. Uh, I think I'm going to put that in right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, right now, over 15 and a half receiving yards, he's cleared it in four straight, averaging 18.6 on the season. He got 30 yards in the first matchup between these teams earlier in the season. So, with ETN, no, we haven't seen instances where they've given him, you know, these seven or eight targets. I was thinking before the season, you know, my comp was hopefully being this AFC version of DeAndre Swift, and when James Robinson left, he ended up getting enough work as a rusher that it didn't make that big of a difference for fantasy purposes, but still, ETN, capable enough receiver and when you think about some of these teams in the playoffs now this is the time to just unleash him and let him get back to that 80, 90% snap guy that he really has been more times than not just over these past two weeks. You know, they were able to rest him a little bit more going into the playoffs. So I think ETN gets an expanded role both overall and then potentially in the passing game if we do see the Chargers, Jaguars start to shoot out a bit as I think is very possible. So ETN over 15 and a half receiving yards. And it's one of those things where similar to the Derrick Henry one last week. I mean, obviously ETN isn't matched up against the Jaguars defense but he is one of those just quick hitting fast enough guys where if he gets the ball just one time in the flat I think he can cover this on a single play also I am a fan of Tyler Boyd over 33 and a half receiving yards talked earlier about this Ravens defense being so stout against the run especially once they were able to add Roquan Smith to the equation but Marlon Humphrey in that secondary they played well in the first two matchups against the Bengals but overall on the season they really have not been able to slow down good passing attacks so just 33 and a half receiving yards for Tyler and for a life of me I just don't know why it's this low I think he could add 10 to this and it'd still be a reasonable enough bet he's cleared 33 and a half in 10 of 16 games averages 47.6 receiving yards per game on the season and again I think it's a good matchup against the Ravens defense that stops the run and guess what the Bengals have been terrible at running so if there is ever a time for Zach Taylor, who let's give him, you know, give him some credit here. Last two seasons, once he's had Chase and Burrow and everyone, things have been going much better for the Bengals, you know, and Taylor obviously attached to that. And in this one, basically play to your strengths, because that's playing straight in the Ravens weakness. Tyler Boyd over 33 and a half. I've got a bonus one. This is going to count. So I put in
2: the ETN bet. And while I was at it, I was looking up some other running back props. This is also another one of my favorites. I was getting it on Prize picks before they adjusted to the Mike Williams news mm-hmm. and is back. I got I was going at 35 and a half yards for receptions or receiving yards for Austin Eckler. Uh it is back up on DraftKings at 37 and a half at minus 115. And Ooh. without Mike Williams, uh I don't know if it's like every time, but his performances have been reasonably a uh, high. Uh they they go up quite a bit with Mike Williams out of the lineup. So I'm gonna add this as a fourth prop, Austin Eckler. Over 37 and a half yards. Go get that one, Ian. Uh, receiving nice. yards, I would recommend uh, DraftKings.com had the best line for that one. Uh, so I'm that's, right. what, six props, a bunch of spreads. Me and Ian are going head-to-head in the <laughs> Buccaneers-Cowboys game. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, I want to move now to some DFS talk. Uh, let's focus. We're going to focus on the six-game all 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 game slate that DraftKings is hosting this week. So you can you know pick and choose other slates based off of some of our analysis if, if you want to, but I'm playing the six game slate. I let like more games, more better. That's how I like to play my uh, NFL DFS. Pretty much all DFS, although basketball can get a little crazy on the big slates, so mm-hmm. too much injury news. So let's talk about quarterback first. And I think there's still people playing plenty of cash games and also tournaments. It's really, cash games to me is pretty simple. It's Josh Allen if you have money. It's Daniel Jones if you don't. Uh, I expect Josh Allen to have a big game. I'm a little worried that maybe they don't need him, but you got to think if they have a big lead, Josh Allen's probably going to have a good game unless, you know, a defensive touchdown, you know, uh, Naheem Hines runs one back again, probably not going to happen. That was just truly special to see Hines do that. Who's the baseball? It was D Gordon that hit the home run after – Uh, Fernandez died in a
3: boating accident, too, I believe. Oh, that was a great moment. Yeah, yeah,
2: so those things are truly special sports moments, so that was very nice to see. Um, But where are you coming at from the quarterback position? I've mentioned multiple times I'm all over offense in the Giants-Vikings game and to get the rushing and what I expect, a much better passing performance from Daniel Jones, sort of like the first game these two played. Uh, I think I'm leaning Daniel Jones right now.
3: I'm also leaning Daniel Jones. Richie James is obviously a cash game locker wide receiver. So that stack just sets up very nicely. And, you know, we've seen Stefan Diggs sometimes in these games recently. And also, you look at a couple of the playoff games over the years, not exactly get those, you know, 12, 15 target explosions. I know he's more capable of getting those as well. But I just, you know, when it's Stefan Diggs versus Justin Jefferson at the top, like I'm very fine going with Justin Jefferson and then a Keenan Allen potentially with Mike Williams out of the picture. So for me, just, it's one of those things where I don't really see myself wanting to force Stefan Diggs in the lineup, which makes it less willing to stack him with Josh Allen. And then also Jeff Wolfson really setting up as someone that we're going to want to, you know, just eat the chalk and cash. And for good reason, you know, being just 5.4 K with Raheem Mostert seemingly out of the picture, then okay, I get it. But then that's a running back on the other side of the ball. So smaller slates, I know it's not a complete, you know, 10, 11 main slate, like usual 10, 11 team um, or just game, I should say uh, main slate like usual. So we, you know, might be able to break a couple of those rules but I just think Daniel Jones fits in much more uh, nicely I really want to pay up at wide receiver and even to get McCaffrey at running back so I'm with you on Daniel Jones and GPP um, I know you like Dak I'll let you talk about him in a second but the only other guy I would say is Brock Purdy because McCaffrey setting up as someone that everyone's trying to get up to and guess what you can even stack Purdy with McCaffrey given how good he is as a receiver but more lineups than not I think going with Purdy and some of these potentially more so ignored receivers like an Ayuk, like a Debo, like a Kittle. You know, specifically, I would probably lean more towards Kittle. Again, against that Seahawks pasty and then one of the wide receivers. But Purdy, multiple touchdowns, every single one of his extended appearances this year. Cowboys and 49ers offenses to two I'm most willing to target in GPPs.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set.
2: Uh, Yeah, you mentioned I like Dak. I like the Cowboys. I think the big key Dak... Cd Lamb, Dalton Schultz. I'm hoping you get some positive regression from the touchdowns in the passing game. They've all been going to Zeke. Uh, I'm really hoping Kellen Moore uh, focuses on the
3: passing game in this
2: one because if he does, he did then,
3: that uh, week yeah. one. Not not this year, but last yep. year, he threw the ball like 60 times. I'm, so. I'm
2: hoping there's a repeat of that because I yeah. think this Cowboys offense could really shine. And on the flip side, I know you like the Buccaneers. I I'm going to add in Tom Brady with Godwin and and Evans because. I do agree with you that their defense has been pretty shaky in the back end, and they're certain they're not going to win this game running the football. I think this could be both both quarterbacks could throw the ball fifty times if this game get,
3: gets going. The Cowboys pass rush is unreal. Like we all know that, but Brady gets rid of the ball faster than pretty yeah. much any quarterback out there and can somehow maintain, you know, the high average target depth downfield. So, yeah, man, I mean, if there is going to be a game that's going to shoot out other than um, Chargers, Jaguars, I do think Cowboys, Buccaneers probably has the best chance on both sides.
2: Yeah, Dak and Brady, both, they're the third and fourth lowest owned
3: quarterbacks from our
2: projections up at Roto Grinders right now. Right. So, out of all those, Trevor Lawrence, Cousins, Herbert, Burrow, Allen, Daniel Jones, only Purdy and Geno Smith. And I know you like Purdy, but I'm I'm not playing Geno Smith. So, (laughs) and Purdy has been very efficient. I don't know if he has the ultra ceiling. I I think he can certainly get there, especially if McCaffrey and, you know, I don't know, the the San Francisco offense is so good. Um, But Dak and Tom Brady are the GPP plays for me. Uh, Let's go to running back. So, running back for me. So, I guess here's how I'm I'm looking at the slate from more of a cash game perspective is you've got Daniel Jones, a quarterback and the receivers. So now we have Justin Jefferson. I think we're all going to want to play him. We we Keenan Allen has ascended towards someone I'm looking to play now because without Mike Williams, he's should get, if he doesn't get double digit targets, I would be extremely surprised. And if he doesn't approach double digit receptions, I'd honestly also be surprised. So we have those, we have, you know, one or two cost savers at the wide receiver position. Richie. I, yeah, you got Richie James. So running back to me is I'm I'm sort of filling in last with players that I'm okay with. And I understand wanting to get into McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey for sure is going to be playing 95% of the snaps if while well, this game's in contention. There's no reason you trade for McCaffrey and you don't use him in the playoffs. Even if you have Elijah Mitchell, who I think is a decent running back, you're, you're playing Christian McCaffrey. So you also have Austin Eckler, who I expect to be heavily involved in the passing game and basically do everything he can um, around the end zone, scoring and all of that. They're just, they are expensive. So I guess to you, if you had to sacrifice Justin Jefferson or Keenan Allen to get a Christian McCaffrey or an Austin Eckler, would you do that? Or would you be more apt to play the wide receiver?
3: I Right now I'm still... I think you can squeeze them all in, but when you have again this kind of build we're talking about with Jeff Wilson also involved, it leaves you kind of in that lower 5K, upper 4K range, depending on what you want to do at tight end and the defense. So that's my one reason I might want to move off of McCaffrey. I want to keep those receivers, but if anything, I want to get off of CMC just so I could, you know, more so get the you know, Travis Etienne Tony Pollard probably instead and just kind of live with that because in that lower five point you know under jeff wilson really it's like josh palmer fournette mark andrews rashad white hawkinson like i don't really want to double up tight end if i can help it so not a big fan there we do have devin singletary at 5.5 and dobbins at 5.7 who i like in tournaments but in cash i'd say if anything uh, getting off to McCaffrey just to get Etienne and Pollard, who I think are both going to be able to see 15 plus combined carries and targets in their own right. That'd be the route to go for me.
2: You like out of Ed and Kenneth Walker, who I think most weeks would be in contention at 6,100. I have a very hard time finding room for him against the 49ers who have just absolutely limited running back performance all season long. Do you prefer ETN and even Pollard over a guy like Kenneth Walker who, you know, I expect Kenneth Walker to basically play, you know, 80 plus percent of the snaps this week
3: i do the problem i mean they might do that with kenneth walker and say you know it's a playoff screw it but we've seen them this year really insist on keeping one of travis homer or dj dallas involved on pass downs they'll throw it to kenneth walker a bit last week they finally did give kenneth the 87 percent snap rate so that was good to see and hopefully he will you know continue to have the 20 plus carries so I just still lean – I I still trust Pollard and the Cowboys offense more than I do the Seahawks, and I do think that Chargers run D, even with Joey Bosa, is still such a big weakness. So I'm still taking Pollard and ETN over Walker. But you know what? I take Walker over Jeff Wilson if you do think that's going to be bad chalk.
2: Uh, And I got a combo here for you, so pay attention. Do you want McCaffrey (laughs) and Chris Godwin or Eckler and Keenan Allen? Ooh. This is a direct swap on DraftKings. This is, I think, this is a two v
3: two. Almost everyone's going to be on this one. I think I prefer McCaffrey and um and Godwin. Goblin. yeah, Goblin. Man, one game all season without six plus catches. I think excluding Week 18 when they were resting some guys, but and then the one game he didn't have uh, six catches. This was once he came back from injury in Week Four. Was the game he dropped a freaking touchdown that Russell Gage ended up catching. So you can even call that one the assisted uh, score if you if you if you don't mind.
2: All right, let's go um from the run. I know you mentioned a uh, Devin Singletary. I like your J.K. Dobbins call. This, they're, if they're going to do anything, they're going to try to take the yeah. take the game down to as few possessions as possible, and and run the ball. I like J.K. Dobbins to to reasonably have a good game. You mentioned Singletary. I'm going to throw Cook out there as a GPP play. The passing the passing game is the Bills are just going to pass, 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 pass. They're not going to really try to run in this game. And you don't really run on the Dolphins. You pass all over them. And in previous matchups, the receiving backs have gone nuclear uh, in the receiving game against the Dolphins. So I'll throw Cook as bait. I think Cook's probably the cheapest running back. Like I, I would play him not 100 out of 100 times over Elijah Mitchell, but Elijah Mitchell's going to need the stat line he had last game. on Like five five to seven carries in mop-up duty and a touchdown to basically make it work. Where Cook is going to be involved all game long. Um maybe a, a, a Gus Edwards. Maybe you could play Gus Edwards, but I would I would play Cook for sure over Gus Edwards in, in a game like this. So I want to throw in Cook as a tournament play. Uh receiver. Let's uh first first guy in for you as at wide receiver. If you're it's is is it Justin? Are you is it Justin Jefferson or is it uh Richie James? If you make it's, it's
3: both <laughs> Justin Jefferson versus Richie James straight up. What a, what a, what a time to be alive, but you know, I, look, it's, it's, it's lineup construction. I think you're uh, right.
2: Jefferson yeah. at 8400 is too cheap. I think he is an absolute must play this week.
3: Yeah, no, I I think Jefferson and Richie and Keenan, those are our locked-in three. I'm sure a lot of everyone else is going to be getting behind them as well. So it is scary, you know, fading the Dolphins, guys. I do think they make some sense in GPPs because we just know how damn good Waddle and Tyree can be at all times. So those guys, the Buccaneers, and then you did mention CeeDee Lamb, but if we were going to maybe see Michael Gallup start to get going, he's still out there all the time, and I know they just brought in T.Y. Hilton. He's been getting maybe some of the air yards in the first few games out there but michael gallup if you do want to get off of some of those cheap chalky giants receivers he is a sub 4k receiver that we have seen especially more so in past years put up some big time performances he did have the two touchdown game a couple weeks ago here in 2022 so man just uh yeah, I I think overall in tournaments I want to fade the Giants wide receivers because they're gonna be carrying a lot of that chalk in that range, going instead to Michael Gallup. And then yeah, focusing on that Buccaneers passing game as well. Cause just Uh, Trayvon Diggs he didn't shadow Mike Evans in a week one this year he did the year before but as we know with the guy I mean he's gonna make some great plays he's gonna give up some big ones as well and then Chris Goblin out of the slot I just don't think the Cowboys with their banged up secondary and pass rush not having to I'm sorry yeah not having enough time to get to Tom Brady just shouldn't be able to really hold him down so to me Chris Goblin 6.4 really setting up nicely
2: All right, I'm going to throw some sub 10% owned projected players on the big slate at you. Oh, and let's try to figure out a couple that could possibly get there this week. I'm looking for first and foremost, both uh, we've got Richie James at a pretty high ownership, if not the highest on the slate. Uh, Slayton and Hodgins, I think Hodgins is certainly going to draw some ownership as well, but currently they're both projected sub 10%. Do you, if you know, Slayton's just. What a hundred more on DraftKings. I think both all all Giants receivers. If there's a receiving player on the Giants, make for great tournament plays. Could you touch a Jalen Waddle this week? What like can a, a you know to have a Tyree Kill or a Jalen Waddle and expect them to get there with Skylar Thompson? When you look at the receiving options we have on the high end this week, it's just it's mind blowing for me to even consider Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle. Do you think? Like, they got to break the one big play for sure because they're not getting there on a, on a deep play from Skylar Thompson.
3: Right, but that's where you're kind of trusting Mike McDaniel to hopefully open things up in other ways. I mean, I bet Tyreek Hill is going to, if he can find a rushing prop for him, that'd be a good one. Number one, all-time NFL history in yards per carry with seven and a half, minimum 100 carries for Tyreek. And Jalen Waddle was next-gen stats, single best wide receiver in the NFL in terms of yards after the catch over expectations. So look, with Tyreek, I mean, there have been games this year where he did just haven't been able to connect on the deep ball, and you look up anyway, and he's still, you know, at eight or nine catches for, like, 90 yards because they just ski him so much short stuff. So Tyreek is the one, especially on a full PPR site, I do think can get there potentially even without the big play. Whereas Waddle, I, I agree with you. I do think he needs to have the one hitter quitter. So definitely, um, I will go Tyreek over Waddle. And if you do look at the games where Skylar Thompson has been under center, the target disparity where it's normally pretty tight between Waddle and Tyreek, it's really started to lean more towards Ty- Tyreek. So definitely tournament plays. But man, both if, I, if, we, if I've learned anything for. So some of these wide receivers this year says so some guys are just too damn talented to bust no matter who's under center. I definitely think Tyreek is well in that category.
2: And your boy, Tyler Boyd, I know you like us. Prop projected ownership 3% right now. That sounds like a, a pretty nice GPP play. Uh, if you like Ian's on that one. Anyone else particularly
3: you were looking at this week? Um, I think Zay Jones is someone uh, that, again, is a pretty good pivot off those Giants wide receivers. So I know the Vikings secondary is weak, but they are going to be home and just Daniel Jones, that whole factor. Again, in cash game, I get it. Going with Daniel Jones and Richie James, it lets you get up to all these other guys. But I do think there are enough really good options like a Zay Jones. Even going on the other side of the ball and taking a look at an Adam Thielen or K.J. Osborne uh, makes a lot more sense in tournaments than trying to go to the well with guys like Darius Slate and Isaiah Hodgins uh Ravens just ruled out Lamar Jackson and Tylen
2: Wallace uh so we are in a desperate situation for Ravens fans J.K. Dobbins over under 22 rushing attempts this game <laughs> oh I the- probably
3: actually take the under on that <laughs> yeah. but uh I'm sure 17
2: and a half probably you probably might take the over. We'll I'll have to see what that comes out as but I, I like that as a tournament call that you had there uh all right tight end Mark Andrews with nothing a quarterback or TJ Hawkinson getting all of the targets. Which one is our preference if we're paying up? Are we paying up? Because there are a couple cheaper options. If you want to get Keenan Allen and Justin Jefferson and Christian McCaffrey, you probably have to play uh Hearst the title this week.
3: Yeah, Hurst is where I'm leaning with it. Where it gets interesting is if you decide that Hawkinson, I think, where at this point I would rank him ahead of Mark Andrews. I mean, since he got traded to the Vikings all the way back in what was it, week eight or week nine, he actually has been the third highest scoring tight end aside from Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. So he's been doing it throughout the season. And without Lamar coming back, I just think with Mark Andrews, you know, finally kind of got going in week 18 a little bit. I know he's facing the same defense, but just I've seen this enough times where give me Hawkinson getting force fed the ball more weeks than not. The question is, like, would you be willing enough to maybe go double tight end with Hurst and uh, Hawkinson and Cash? Because again, like Hawkinson versus guys like Rashad White versus, you know, Joshua Kelly, P. Ryan, Breida, even James Cook, Gabe Davis. Like, Hawkinson, I think you have to go all the way down to Hawkinson, Jones,
2: Hawkinson, or Josh Palmer.
3: Let's, I kind of lean, ha- I lean I'd Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Yeah, I yeah. play Hawkinson
2: too right now. I
3: think so. Yeah. I, I think it's reasonable enough there, and if you can, if you can get up to that range, Hawkinson would be my pick over uh, Andrews for sure.
2: Uh, all right, uh, real quick defenses. You got any takes on that? I think the Bills are going to be the most popular, thirty-three hundred, just way too cheap. I think they should probably be the highest-priced defense uh, on the low end. I think you can you can get inter- interesting teams. The Jaguars, twenty-seven hundred. The Ravens uh, against Joe Burrow. Burrow does give up sacks. I I think you can maybe get there at the Ravens. I much prefer the Jaguars, I think. I think the Jaguars win that game. I I like them quite
3: a bit. I don't know. There's only, what, 12 teams? There's not a lot of sneaky plays. What are you looking at? I mean, we don't want to mess around with Dolphins against the Bills or Seahawks against the 49ers. But I do think the Ravens, as you brought up, you know, going against Burrow, who is more than willing to eat some sacks here and there. Ravens make some sense. And also just the Buccaneers at 2.6K. We've seen Dak. Yes, I get it. Like half of his interceptions were not his fault. PFF did not deem them turnover worthy plays. But, you know, the other half really were. And we've seen him have a hard time keeping control of the football. And, again, I just think this Buccaneers defense – has does enough things right that can cause some problems for the cowboys and their home so my point is if you're trying to save some money you could do worse than a 2.6k defense where we just talked about the cash game lineups i mean maybe you get up to cd lamb but otherwise we don't really have any cowboys in it to begin with so ravens or the buccaneers i think are more than viable to save some cash all right that's
2: gonna wrap up the 2022 season here on the pro football focus show ian we're doing this next year. If, if everything holds true, you never know. I hope you're back. I hope you're back on the show next year. I hope man. so too, Britt. All right. So we'll we'll keep that going. We're going to run this back for sure. It's been a, a pleasure doing it with you all season long, Ian. Uh, greatly appreciate it. And to everyone who's been watching, listening, playing the props, the bets, uh, sending DMs, I, I appreciate all you. We appreciate you watching here on Rotor Grinders, not just this show, <laughs> but every show. Uh, hit that like button on YouTube on your way out. Have a good 2023. See you later in the year. For Ian, I'm Britt. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we out.